Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's episode is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris. In this episode, we are going to be talking about holidays and grief. We're going to go through several examples. I'm going to give you some personal history and some tools and tips as when you're looking to kind of navigate through the holidays. My first holiday without my parents. Both my parents, as you well have known, passed away in 2008. My mother passed away in August and my father passed away a few weeks before Thanksgiving. My tradition was completely wrecked at that point, especially right before Thanksgiving. So what our Thanksgiving traditionally looked like for years is that my parents would cook or we would go over to extended families home for Thanksgiving dinner. And when my parents passed away, that was completely wrecked. I knew that I had a mountain of stuff to deal with. You know, shortly thereafter, my father passed away. The last thing that I wanted to think about was going into really anybody's home locally, I'll say, and um, just dealing with the after effects of, you know, what happened since my parents passed away so quickly. I needed a place mentally to recharge so I could deal with the next series of events that I needed to deal with in regards to my parents. I had their house and I had to basically clean out their house. And I was thinking about that. So what I ended up doing as I separated myself physically from my situation, I flew out to Houston on short notice and I extended family uh, there and I wanted to be around people that loved me and supported me. Why didn't I have to get away? I needed a different scenery, really. And I needed to be part of someone else's tradition to lessen the impact. What it did for me is it allowed me to release a lot of emotion in that venue or being away. I was able to freely basically expel any emotions. I was able to complain. I was able to vent. I cried. I was able to feel sorry for myself. I was able to drink a lot of merry time flavors at that time and not worry about any of the repercussions. And it was basically my equivalent of going to a Caribbean island to kind of parallel the two. And I didn't think about, you know, really anything immediately at home or what I had to do. And the trip, one of the other things that it allowed me to do is it allowed me to voice my anger toward my brother. And it wasn't so much that I was, you know, yelling at him or I even spoke to him on that trip. It was I was able to, you know, compartmentalize and think about a lot of things that I was angry with. And when I look back now, the anger wasn't so much at my brother. It was due to a lack of communication between the two of I. I had thoughts and expectations of him. And conversely, he had thoughts and expectations of me. And we never vocalized you know, our expectations of each other. And that was where 
the brunt of most of my anger came from because I didn't know what he was willing or unwilling to do or his limitations, nor did he know what I was willing or unwilling to do, nor my limitations. So this particular trip, it was a catharsis of sorts, you know, so I could deal with the next episode, like I had previously mentioned, the financial burdens and the disposition of the contents of my parents' home and the eventual fix up. And, you know, kind of moving into the holidays sense. So I have never forgotten about my parents. And when I speak of holidays, I include birthdays, celebrations and special occasions. And I'll talk about one very specific occasion that happened. One of my best friends noticed tears in my eyes. So it was my son Elias's first birthday. And we had, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 people at the house celebrating his birthday. And we were taking pictures and, you know, he was eating his first cake. And I was kind of in the background with my wife. And I started to cry. It wasn't a really big outburst, but I had had tears in my eyes. And my buddy looked over to me, that's um, Eli's godfather. He said that, you know, I noticed that you're sad. And he said, are you sad because your parents aren't here? And I said, that is absolutely the truth. And I never forget about my parents. Even when I talk about them now, you know, I get a little choked up because I feel like there's a hole that's missing in this gift that I've been given. So I never, you know... I never skip a beat without them, you know, emotionally being there. And so I want to give you some other things to kind of think about some concrete things that I've done and I've kind of researched to um, consciously help me cope with, you know, hard times, specifically, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, what have you, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and I'll get into some other uh, others as well. I say a prayer to and for my parents. I take some time out of the day and I just speak to them. One of the other things that was brought to my attention, which has worked out greatly, and I recommend this for a lot of other people, is that I write in a journal. I don't worry about my thoughts being concise or clear. And I just have a placeholder for where I can put my feelings leading up to the holidays And what it does for me is it greatly reduces stress and anxiety. You can talk to your parents. You can talk to a loved one that has passed away. I've even written about um, situations that I'm very upset about. And it just gives you a way to take them out. And it's very healthy to let some of those emotions out. I found that really over time. And I have three journals. There are times that... I forget where there is one journal and I would buy another one. And there are times that I would forget where the first two journals were and I would buy a third one. And what I've learned about the journal process, it's more important to write the information down than it is to kind of figure out and get stressed about, okay, did I find my right journal or is it here or there? Just get the information out. Sometimes I've even written information on a piece of paper and just stuck it in the journal. I know it's very important to get that emotion out. Something else that I recommend is having a plan of action for the holidays. And I would recommend starting the plan a few days early. I wouldn't get to the holidays all of a sudden and, you know, make your plan. Have a plan of action. So something very specific, and I'll go back to the first holiday without my parents and the plan of action that I went through. 
I knew that I needed to be someplace where I was supported and loved by people who cared about me. So that was the first plan of action. Where was I going to do that? I needed to be outside of Orlando. I didn't want all of the things that were reminding me of my parents. So I chose extended family. And at that point, I didn't care what the expenses looked like. I needed to get away. And so I bought a trip last minute. I knew exactly when I was going to leave. And I knew exactly when I was going to come back. Then it was pretty much just a free-flowing holiday within someone else's tradition. And it worked out greatly for me. I didn't have to cook. I didn't have to clean. All I had to worry about was packing my suitcase, getting on a plane. And then while I was there, all I had to worry about was bathing myself and brushing my teeth and putting my clothes on. And so that was my plan of action. I needed to do as little as possible because I knew when I came back, things were going to hit me and they were going to hit me fast. So with the holidays, you know, going to that celebration or opt out, I would say either is completely fine. I tend to recommend leaning toward being with people who love and support you, even if it comes with limitations. And I'm going to say this next one, cancel the holidays. Yes, I did say it. The holidays will come back around and I don't necessarily recommend this as an option, but if you're not feeling up to it, you got to go with your gut and go with what you can take on physically at that time or, you know, at the moment. And then another thing that I did was I reinvented our holiday tradition, our holiday tradition at Christmas. I'm going to go into some specific detail. And this is before our children were born. So we would eat Christmas Eve dinner at my parents' house, my wife and I. My grandmother would always fly in Christmas Eve, and she would always fly in with steaks. She would freeze these steaks, and then she would carry them on the plane. And then my mother, myself, and my wife would go to midnight mass. And while we were at mass, my dad was wrapping the presents. And then after midnight, we would open presents. And you can imagine that when my parents passed away and my grandmother passed away, I lost arguably three of the four or five people that were very present and instrumental in my tradition. So I had to reinvent it and it took a lot of years to reinvent that. I had very good friends and family and support that asked me and Anne Marie to attend their Christmas tradition. And for a number of years, I went to various other folks' homes for Christmas dinner. It just looked a little bit different. We always went to mass, but it was a little bit earlier. And I'm going to roll into my tradition now. So our tradition now is that on Christmas, we get up and my wife cooks a big breakfast and we open the presents with the kids. We are always home for Christmas. The day before Christmas, we go to mass and we go to mass earlier. And that's so the kids can, you know, go to sleep and wake up early. Then on Christmas, after we get through kind of this holiday celebration at home, we go to what I would say is my kids' surrogate grandparents. And I'm going to brag on these folks for just a minute. Prior to my parents passing away, and unbeknownst to me, my mother had developed a relationship, a very good relationship with a lady. Her name is Susan. I later found out that my mother taught her daughter, Susan and Chuck, a married couple, 
and they lived very in very close proximity to my parents. And my dad asked them to take care of us after they passed away. I didn't know that. And uh, Susan was very adamant about being a motherly figure to Anne-Marie and I, and then a grandparent uh, when Eli was born. Very adamant. We are very, very thankful because they fill that role of my children not having grandparents in close proximity, which is something that I feared for for a long time. So very, very thankful. And their daughter, Lily, is Aunt Lily. So every bit of their aunt. And I also wanted to provide you with some resources that I found that are extremely valuable. And they are in the form of websites. Grief.com. This website gives some very, very good tips and tools to approaching the holidays, having a plan of action, ways to cope, do's and don'ts. The website is also very specific to Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Ramadan, Kwanzaa, New Year's, Valentine's Day, Mother's and Father's Day, and a myriad of other holidays. And I also talk about hospice a lot in my podcast, and there's some very, very good information. Vitas.com. This website gives some very good tips for coping with grief during the holidays, surrounding yourself with loved ones, setting some realistic expectations, and creating some new traditions such as the ones that I did. And again, hospice. Hospicefoundation.org. It talks about the three C's for holiday grief. Choose, communicate, and compromise and various other resources. I wish I had access to this last one when my brother and I were kind of going through our grieving process. Here's a resource, and it's my own resource, in regards to helping advisors. If you're an advisor and you're wanting ways to help your client, What I would recommend is also having a plan of action, which would include reaching out to your client in grief on a specific holiday, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever your clients celebrate, I wouldn't be afraid to physically reach out to them, whether it's a text message, whether it is a phone call, but letting them know that you are thinking about them goes a long way. With that, I want to thank you for listening and always feel free to share this podcast with any friends, family members, or colleagues. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with me, Chris, and or my firm, head on over to Life After Grief. FP, that is life after grief, FP, the FP is for financial planning.com. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section. And as always, Please feel free to share this week's podcast with any friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks for listening. See you next week on the next episode.